Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. A couple of months ago, I had Andy Renfrey as my guest, and she told me I absolutely had to have Jude Johnstone on Song of the Soul because, as good as the songs that Andy writes are with and for other folks, Jude's are the pinnacle of beauty and wonder. Jude's songs have been covered by Johnny Cash, Stevie Nicks, Bonnie Raitt, Emily Lou Harris, Bette Midler, Jennifer Warnes, and many, many other top-notch and well-known performers. And what's more, she's a wonderful performer in and of herself with a gift for tone, tune, and touching themes. We're so fortunate to have Jude Johnstone joining us today via Zoom from East Nashville. Jude, what a delight to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thank you so much for asking me. How are things going during stay-at-home time? It's pretty quiet. (laughs) I mean, it's just me in this beautiful little Victorian house that I love here in East Nashville. My daughter is in and out. She does come and see me most every day. She was living here with me, but she's moved a bit away now. And so she just comes over and does stuff for me, helps me. And, and then and she just says, can I come eat your food? <laughs> well, she's got priorities. I understand you're a good cook. <laughs> can I come eat your food? And I go, of course. So she just comes in and eats my food and uh, hangs out, plays my 1926 Mason and Hamlin piano, plugs in her electric guitar and wigs out for a while. <laughs> I understand that the first CD that you released of yourself performing your music you didn't do that till the age of 40. That's true. But you'd had a lot of musical success before that. Explain how that came about. Well, I went to Los Angeles when I was only 19 from Maine. I went there with Bruce Springsteen's band. Uh, his sax player, Clarence Clemens, was one of my best friends. He discovered me to say, I guess is what you'd call it. They took me there on a trip they were taking there. Their producer lived in Hollywood, even though they were Jersey guys. Their record producer lived in California, in in Hollywood. And so they wanted to take me there to introduce me to him, to see if he could do anything for me. They were just trying to help me out, you know. And uh, they said, you should meet our guy, Charlie Plotkin. Come with us. We got to go do this little thing in California. And so we're going to fly you with us and, and we'll introduce you to him. So they took me there when I was 19, and I met this guy, Charlie, their, their guy, and he said, I like it. They played him this little cassette tape that I had sent them originally <laughs> with all these really sad songs on it in a row. And, um, <laughs> but they had liked it enough to ring me up. And so Charlie said, yeah, I, I hear it. I, I like it. Let her go back with you, and then I'll set her up an apartment, and I'll, I'll get s- situated, and then I'll, um, we'll fly her back, and she can move here. So that's what they did. 
And I moved there and I signed a, uh, I tried to get a record deal. I went out and I started playing a club with a full on band. Some guy, friends of mine from Maine, which I got to come out with me that one of which still plays with me, saxophone player. And uh, I played uh, this little club every week and all the record guys came out and it looked like, you know, that was going to happen, except it didn't and never did. So the disco era came down at that same moment that I arrived. It was kind of like Donna Summer and the Bee Gees. And so my singer-songwriter thing was just kind of like dead in the water the minute I got there. And it was kind of a bluesy, jazzy thing I was, I was doing. And so I, instead, a publisher became interested in signing me to a publishing deal, you know, getting other artists to record my songs. As it turns out, they really didn't get any artists to record my songs. I got all the artists to record my songs. <laughs> but I did have a publishing deal with them for a few years. And then after that, I, I had another publishing deal that was much more lucrative that was 15 years long. And now I have no publishing deal because there is no publishing business really or record business because no one buys records anymore. And it's all kind of over. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crazy new world we're living in. Oh, it's over. <laughs> my, my work is over. Not my writing work, but my getting paid for it work is over. Well, let's get started into listening to some of your music performed by you as opposed to by all these other famous people who've covered your music. What do you want to start with for your Song of the Soul? Maybe Wounded Heart. People love that one. That's the one that Bonnie Raitt did. And then I did it on my debut album, my first album. And Jackson Brown sings it with me. You've already mentioned this. You did a lot of sad songs. You're kind of drawn to melancholy is what I understand. <laughs> is this a, a lifelong thing? And maybe it's people come from Bar Harbor. That's what you got to be. I don't think it has anything to do with Bar Harbor. <laughs> but I think, uh, no, I was definitely wired that way. I write jazz. I, do, I, I write funny songs even, you know. Uh, I do all kinds of music. But the music that people do of mine, is always my saddest stuff. That's because that's what I do best, I think. And it's because, yes, I'm drawn to that. I always was. My dad's music was sort of uh, big band era, World War II music, Ella Fitzgerald, Billie Holiday, the Dorsey Brothers. And so I have all that in me because I heard it around my house and uh, it was an accident. I didn't know that it was seeping into my skin, but it was. And so... The music of that time, that post-bebop era, being sort of like torch music, being so ballad, jazz ballads, was what I was drawn to. I can write one of those every day if I wanted to. It's so natural for me. It's my favorite kind of music there is. Sarah Vaughan, you know, uh, Nina Simone. That kind of music is my favorite music of all. So I guess I do it best of all my other kind of things, and that people keep recording those songs more than any other Wounded Heart is not that kind of ballad. It's not a torch. It's a Americana kind of a ballad. And uh, all my stuff comes out of my real life. And that's a really sad song out of my really sad life. <laughs> and uh, Bonnie Raitt took a liking to that one. And Jackson uh, loved that one, too. And I recorded it at his studio in Santa Monica and, and had him sing on it, my version so we're going to listen now to Jude Johnstone performing with Jackson Brown her song, Wounded Heart. Wounded 
a beautiful song, both your part in it and Jackson Brown's part in it. Folks, we are listening with Jude Johnstone, Stone, S-T-O-N-E. If you don't know how to spell any of this stuff, just come via NordenSpiritRadio.org, or you can maybe go directly to JudeJohnstone.com. Wounded Heart was from your debut, again, your debut at age of 40 album called coming of age. I guess 40 is coming of age for some of us. Yeah. That is a beautiful, sad song. And you say maybe that's what you do best. I mean, so is that Wounded Heart your heart? I mean, you said it's about you. I mean, it comes from your experience, right? No. uh, I mean, it was about my husband. It was about not being able to fix a marriage, not being able to fix the pain that was behind somebody that was there long before I was, and uh, letting it go, letting it go. So when you perform that, are you singing for your husband, for love lost, for partly what I'm asking is, are you also looking towards the future? Songs are, when they're well-written, have a lot of lives. And so, you know, sometimes you write a song that's, at the time, it's about somebody, and then couple years later, when you sing it in front of an audience, you're thinking of someone else that also fits. You know, you're in another relationship, and, and maybe that relationship mimics the first one. It happens with songs all the time, and I think in your memory of songs, you know how a song makes you remember a, a certain time, but it changes. With songs I write, it changes. I sometimes look at one, I did this the other day, and I thought, who did I write that about? Like, I actually forgot for a minute. And I went, oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> but it took me a minute, you know. I, it, was a new, it was an old song, a New York song. And I thought, oh, yeah, oh, no, I, I do remember now where it started. But so many lives since then, so many relationships, so many, you know, things that it changes. And, and the, the beauty of the song is that the song lives over and over and over again and has new life. And every time I play it live, it has new life. And for the people in the audience, it means something entirely different. It's about their life. That's the whole reason I do this. Well, let's go on to another of your songs. We've got a lot of beautiful stuff we want to share. What do you want to share next? Well, you know, I mean, if you're going over the beginnings, then, you know, Unchained would be a good one. My version, of course, is so different from Johnny Cash. He did it like a hymn, you know, just like really quiet and down. And I thought, oh, boy, someone's going to do one of my gospel songs. Johnny Cash, a legend, doing my gospel song. It's not a ballad. It's going to be like really charged up and great. And then I heard it and I was like, oh, I see. Okay, well, he made it a ballad. That's no problem. So what you're saying is he did it wrong. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. <laughs> hey, wait a minute, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my opinion up front, right? I listened to his version. I listened to your version, and your version's much better. Well, my version is the definitive version. It's my song. And on my version, what's really fun, you can actually hear me smiling. You really can. I can tell you the moment in the recording. I wrote it on the streets of Hollywood, California, where I lived at the time. Hollywood and Vine, and, and there truly was just an old guy, you know, doing that thing, you know, government, you know. And I just stood there and looked at him. I was on my way to my publishers. Bug Music was on Hollywood and Vine. And I just 
stood there and watched this guy yell with his fists ringing, you know, for a while. And I thought, me and him are exactly the same. I don't know why, but that's, that's what came to me, that song. And Johnny Cash ended up doing it. It was an amazing thing. And I have a long story that I won't bother tell because it's too long. It'll take up your whole time. I do tell it live quite often when I play the song Unchained. I tell the story of when I met Johnny Cash, how that all went down. And, and the night that I found out it was the title cut to his album that he announced to the audience and introduced me at the same moment to the audience and and it was uh, an unforgettable experience in my life. And he was an unforgettable man, without a doubt. Well, Jude Johnstone made Johnny Cash famous with her song, Unchained, back in 1997, released it in 2002 on her own coming-of-age CD. Here is Jude Johnstone, Unchained. been unwise restless from the cradle but now I realize it's so Change. 
Jude Johnstone is with us today for Song of the Soul. Her website, judejohnstone.com, link on nordenspiritradio.org, and Unchained. Maybe you know it best by Johnny Cash, but as I hope you understand, that version by Jude is the definitive better version, especially when you've got people like Bonnie Raitt in there on backup vocals and slide guitar. It's an incredible song, and no wonder it was a success for Johnny. It really is nice that you helped him to fame that way. (laughs) (laughs) I I think Johnny had that thing wired before he ever met me. (laughs) I realize. I I remember as a seven-year-old, you know, I fell down into a burning ring of fire. June wrote that song, you know. Yeah, I know. That's what you get for falling in love with Johnny Cash. You go into a burning ring of fire. But yeah, I remember that at the age of seven, my parents drinking in bars and that playing on the jukebox, right? <laughs> Incredible song too. Yeah, those people were amazing. I met June as well that same night that I uh, found out about this the song being the title cut. And then, of course, it won the Grammy. Really a shocker. <laughs> really a shocker. You said, Jude, that you kind of visualized it. It was in your imagination. The picture that you were carrying was a Baptist choir or Baptist church singing this song. Yeah. And what religious environment did you grow up in? Were you ever actually singing as part of a Baptist church? No, no. (laughs) I was really talking like way out of my field there. My folks were involved in, in like a congregational church. Congregational to me means like community church you know like people that help people it's like a denomination of sorts but it's more just kind of like i mean it's christian but it's not so like a baptist or like you know it's not so sort of set in its rules and its goals anyway i i'm not a i'm not a religious person i'm a very spiritual person denominational religion is not one of mine But yeah, my folks went to a congregational church, is what they called it, in Ellsworth, Maine. It's where we went to do all the weddings and all the funerals. (laughs) Yes. Well, part of the reason I ask that is because in that song, you know, you say, I've been ungrateful, I've been unwise, Uh, you know, maybe I'll be better if I do it on my knees, right? You know, you're... I've been on my knees and, and, you know, like that's spirituality. That's, you know, I've I've had an out-of-body experience, a a near-death experience. I know the universe I believe in, and I do know there's something way more out there than what's here, but I don't have any name for it. That's all. So when I say maybe I'll be able from down on my knees, I mean, yeah, praying, you know, like maybe I'll finally figure out what the heck I'm here for. Absolutely believe in an afterlife. Absolutely. Just not one with like a a, a sort of a label on it. It doesn't involve a guy on a mountain with a white beard, for instance. Definitely not. Yeah, yeah. That could be you. That could be you. (laughs) Actually, I make a really good Santa Claus. I bet you do. I bet you do. But let's go on to another of Jude Johnstone's song. What can we share next for Song of the Soul? Well, I like Never Leave Amsterdam. 
because I have so much uh, love for that city and I've played there so many times. My regular, this is hard for me to talk about now, but my regular pedal steel player is from Amsterdam. I've worked with him for a long, long time. And my other pedal steel guy was in Los Angeles and, and has just died. So anyway, I wrote Amsterdam about two people. I thought no one would get that song. I thought, it's interesting, I've never written anything like this. It's like I was talking about a friend of mine that, that was staying at my house, who was actually just a young guy who's a friend of mine, a really close friend of mine, not a love kind of, you know what I mean, not that kind of thing. He's young enough to be my son. But he really helped me at a time that was very crucial for me. I was in a divorce. So anyway, Never Leave Amsterdam was about someone I met in Amsterdam that I did really have a a thing for, but he was involved in another relationship. And so I had to leave it go. And then I had this boy back at home. Anyway, I made it work somehow. And I don't know why, but I really, people uh, really respond to that song when I play it live. And I really thought it was one of the ones that I was writing for me and that was going to get missed. And I was wrong. Well, we're not going to miss it here today. We're going to play it for Song of the Soul. This is Never Leave Amsterdam. It's from Jude Johnstone's 2017 recording, A Woman's Work. Let's head over to Amsterdam. If I had my way, I'd never leave Amsterdam, baby, I would stay. And try and find out who I am. But it's no use Cause we know there's no way to stand In these shoes God's got another plan There's a boy Waiting for me back at home Baby, he's my joy Misses me when I'm gone He's just a kid But he knows how to make me glad That I did Find him when I was so sad So take these pictures and postcards with me Write your name on the sand Grateful knowing the heart within me That you held in your hand Will never leave Amsterdam If I had my way, 
I'd never leave Amsterdam, baby, come what may That's not the kind of girl I am So although I know I gotta let loose of your hand Even as I go As any serious listener of music knows, people frequently leave their hearts this place or that place, and Jude Johnstone left it in Amsterdam. It still carries it in her heart. And that, again, was from her 2017 release, A Woman's Work. She's here with us for Song of the Soul today. And we've been doing this program since 2005. It's almost 15 years now we've been doing it. We've got many hundreds of wonderful artists who we've interviewed for this program. Links to them is on our website. You can post comments and rate the programs. And you can find so many more artists that you should fall in love with. Fortunately, Andy Renfrey led me to Jude Johnstone. Andy's, if you listen to my interview with Andy, you'll find out what a marvelous person she is. Andy's amazing. She's a great lyricist. And also, she helped me with the artwork for my last two records. So not just Living Room, but a woman's work with Amsterdam on it and all that. Andy worked with me on the graphic art of that record because she also does that and photography and, you know, most of us in the business and she'll agree with me, wear quite a few hats. Now we have to, but we always did anyway. Most musicians, you know, they also, you know, like Tony Bennett, you know, is also a painter, you know, everybody does all kinds of stuff. You know, the music is the one thing, it's the main thing, but creative people tend to just like have all kinds of, Fingers are all over the pie. You know what I mean? And you're going to find many hundreds of those creative people on NordenSpiritRadio.org. We're going to have bonus excerpts from this interview with Jude Johnstone because we're going to talk about a lot more than I can fit in a 55-minute broadcast. I know. You can't really talk to me without <laughs> it getting really out of hand, I got to tell you. So do come to NordenSpiritRadio.org. When you listen to this program, you'll see underneath that bonus excerpts, and you'll hear a lot more that Jude couldn't fit into this broadcast. Also, I want to remind you that on our site, you post comments, you rate the program, and there's a donate button. That's how this full-time work is supported. Click and support us if you can. And remember to support your local community radio stations. Our programs are carried on some 40 stations nationwide. Those community radio stations carry a slice of music and news that you don't get anywhere else. So support them. Start with that. The way that music, news, creativity is nurtured at the local level is so absolutely important. So please support those stations. Do that before you support Northern Spirit Radio. But in any case, make sure you listen via our website to all of these wonderful people with creativity sprouting up all over the country and beyond because we, I've interviewed people internationally as well. And right now, we've been meandering our way along, Jude. I want to have another of your songs. Let's try one from the new album, Living Room, which I did record live in my living room in East Nashville. And this song, Easy to Forget, 
one of my favorites from the record. Well, I worked on this song for a long time, this lyric. It was really a flavor of love, this one. One of my greatest friends in the world, Tim Hockenberry, who is, in my opinion, the greatest singer I have ever heard. And that's no lie. I had him do this as a duet with me because if I let him sing the, the whole thing, it would just take over the record. So I let him do it as a duet, and he even plays the trombone at the very end. When he does one of my songs, it becomes the realization of the song more than even when I do it. I've never experienced that with anyone that did my songs ever. And this guy can just sing anything. We have a connection that's incredibly deep. And I'm still working on it. And I still hope if I bother make another record, because it's really questionable why at this point, it would be Tim Hockenberry singing my songs instead of me. Anyway, he sings this one as a duet. It's like the hint of what's to come. The song is So Easy to Forget by Jude Johnstone. She's doing it here with Tim Hockenberry. So Easy to Forget. Was I so easy to forget Among the secrets that you kept Among the lovers in a line That you held the time supposed to stay the same when you were whispering my name to be unreachable and yet so easy to forget was I so simple to Place. Just one more chapter to erase Part of a tale too often told Of passion growing cold too soon Was I supposed to walk away Without a tender word to say And disappear without a trace So simple to replace I was enchanted by the moon Swept up in the tune That lovers play
It's a beautiful song. We have with us here today, Jude Johnstone, the lugubrious and melancholy and maudlin Jude Johnstone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, okay, I missed it. <laughs> and that was her song, So Easy to Forget. She performed it with Tim Hockenberry on her Living Room CD back in 2019. It was released. She's here today for Song of the Soul. As we've been talking, the sad songs are the ones that people tend to love of yours. Is there someone you resent for forgetting you? I have a couple women who I think I, I have to say, how could you possibly forget me? <laughs> because I never forget anyone. <laughs> I remember and cherish everyone I've ever embraced. <laughs> Is there someone you have some resentment for? There are people that sort of like when they're done with a relationship, it's like, it's done. It's washed. I know people like that. I don't know what that's like. Everyone I've ever loved, I still love. And that's quite a slew, actually. But it's like, uh, yeah, all, all of them. You know, you always love those people forever in some way. Uh, I do. I just want everybody who's listening today to realize you heard it here first. Jude Johnstone has loved a slew of people. I'm not even <laughs> sure how many that is, but it's big. <laughs> it is big. And I was married for 28 years. So I had to fit some people in front of that and after that. <laughs> it's, a, it's really surprising when you think about it. But there's also people when you're young and growing up, there were people that I admired tremendously that I was sort of quasi in love with that I ended up becoming very close friends with. And I love those people too. I count them in that same category. Well, I think it's time to do some more of your music. Where are we going next for Jude Johnstone's Song of the Soul? Spring in Paris is a brand new song that isn't on a record of mine yet. A friend of mine, a psychologist, and a singer-songwriter that I've known since I was 20, one of my closest friends in the world, Stephen Feldman. He came to me one day, 38 years or so ago. He gave me these lines, a picture-perfect afternoon, the blushing bride, the nervous groom, halfway to their honeymoon. That was it. And it had nothing to do with what I wrote this song about. It had something to do with his own life. He never knew quite what to do with it. And so he, <laughs> I didn't even give him credit on it, actually, because it was just like so late in the day. I mean, it's almost 40 years later, you know, and it came up into my head. Those lines came up into my head one day. I remembered a true story I heard about from my ex-husband. It was really a true story of a couple that was in a car wreck on their wedding day. 
I put it together with these lines that my friend had given me. And I suddenly envisioned the, the idea for this song of transcending death. And what better person to do that than me? <laughs> anyway, I love the way it came out. My daughter's playing the melodica on it, which is a very sad instrument that's a keyboard that you blow into. Sounds a lot like a, like a harmonica. And then uh, my longtime 20-plus years cello player, Bob Liebman, is playing the cello on it. I love this song. It's Spring in Paris by Jude Johnston. They're in their cold seats now. 
I'm so grateful to have Jude Johnstone here today for Song of the Soul. That is her song, Spring in Paris, which you won't find on any of her existing CDs because she hasn't released it yet. We'll try and find somewhere where it's going to be released or unveiled to the world. There is something that you've been alluding to, Jude, that because the music industry has changed so much, people don't release CDs anymore. I guess they do burn LPs, so maybe that you have to put it on an LP so that it could sell some copies that way. But it sounds like your trade, you even referred to it in the past, and you says, I was doing this work. But you're still writing songs regularly, but what's changed? What are you doing? Of course. It's what I do, you know. It just doesn't pay anymore unless I have someone getting them into television and film. I've been in plenty of television stuff, but it's you can't count on it. It comes and goes so infrequently that I it's not something I can make a living at. Film is a really hard nut to crack, so I haven't been able to break into that. I belong there. That's where my music absolutely belongs. And so, yeah, so I'm out on the fringes where I started from. Maybe that's not a bad thing. You know, my, my lifelong friend, Henry Louis, always said that. He always said music, art, and commerce have always been, you know, a questionable marriage. And I made a living, a really handsome living, writing songs my whole life until now. Now I'm 60 years old, and now all of a sudden I have to think about it. I have to go, shoot, what do I do now? And I'm still sitting in a chair and wondering, you know, what's next? I'll figure it out. I always have. You know, I'll figure it out one way or the other. I'll keep writing songs no matter what, because that's all I do. I want to remind our listeners that Jude Johnson's daughter's name is Ray Duncan. I think you want to track her down. That's the name you're going to look for. Maybe I'll be able to link it on northernspiritradio.org. Jude, we're going to have bonus excerpts from this interview that are out on my website, nordspiritradio.org, but I do want to finish with one more song. You name it. Deep Water is, that's off like my second record, I think, on a good day that I produced that record with my ex-husband, Charles, and uh, I think he's playing on that slide on that, you know, slide guitar. Rodney Crowell is singing the song with me. Does it just a freaking electric job of the vocal that he is singing with me? And it was mixed in a beautiful way, too. It's not a ballad, but the song about the falling apart of a relationship, that moment before it's actually falling apart, you, you know, the moment before that it collapses when you realize it's about to. And I was talking a lot at that time to Rodney Crowell, and uh, we became good friends, and and uh, he loved this song. So I asked him to sing the, the vocal on it with me, and he killed it. When you're talking about deep water and ominous feelings, saying he killed it is not a proper presentiment. <laughs> I'm afraid that's a little scary. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think of it that way, sorry. He did a masterful vocal. Yes. So that's what we're going to use to end our visit with Jude Johnstone. Again, my thanks to Andy Renfrey for introducing me to Jude. She has high praise for you, and I can see exactly why. And 
of course, as we pointed out as we've gone along, Jude has been covered by so many people, so many notables like Johnny Cash or Jennifer Warnes, Bette Midler, uh, Donnie Raitt, Emmy Lou Harris, all these people. And yet today you've heard the wonderful music that comes out of her own mouth. And I feel so fortunate to have had you join me here today. I Hope that your music finds its complete springtime in Nashville and to the world. And then I would just want to thank you for taking the time from your lonely home there in East Nashville. My fabulous quarantine. So take all this time to spend with me, who you've never met before, but I am so grateful we have met. And I'm thankful you joined me for Song of the Soul. Me too. Yeah, thank you so much. I really, I, I just love talking to people about these things. It's, it's really uh, helpful to me personally. So we're going out for Song of the Soul with Jude Johnstone. I want to send my appreciation to Andrew Jansen for production assistance on this program. Again, thanks to Andy Renfrey for connecting us up. And we'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul. Here is Deep Water from On a Good Day, back in 2005. Jude Johnstone along with Rodney Crowell. Deep Water. A mackerel sky and a murder crows
The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.